What's up, my friends, and welcome to the I Needed That Podcast. I am Chris Powell. I'm Matthew Blades, and we want to take just a moment before we get to today's podcast to talk to you about some of the meaningful partners that we have here at our I Needed That Podcast. Yes. Now, there's a criteria to be involved with the I Needed That Podcast, and that's after we try your products, we have to say... I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's how we feel about yes. Move One Million. It's how we feel about the speaking engagements I do. It's how we feel about BetterHelp. But let's start with Nero Gum, our brand new sponsor of the podcast, Nero Gum and Mints. Yeah. How did they come into your life? So funny story. About two months ago, JB, who's our uh, he's our project manager, he comes and he's like, dude, you got to try this new gum. It's mm. freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. He's like, not only does it make me feel good and help me focus, because they've got all kinds of really cool stuff in here. But he's like, but more than anything, it's the flavor. He's like, yes, I love it for the energy and for the focus, but I literally could chew this because it lasts forever and keeps my my breath fresh forever. I know that wasn't initially what they were creating it for, but they did such a good job with the actual gum. I will say that similar to the Transform products that you have, they understand that without really like good flavors and good tasting things, nobody will change their behaviors, which is something you've said a hundred times on our podcast. Bingo. And they have found a way to make GABA, vitamin D3, L-thanine, uh, natural caffeine, uh, B vitamins. They've they found a way to make this stuff taste really good, and it will improve your focus. And we've actually actually got a little website set up right now. If people want to go and check it out, all they need to do is hit that link right there. Here we go. It's Try Neuro Gum. T-R-Y. Neuro is N-E-U-R-O and then gum. G-U-M dot com forward slash I needed that and you'll get to uh, a nice little discount on our behalf. So yeah. it's Again, try neurogum.com forward slash I needed that to enjoy energy, calm, and focus whenever you need it. All right, cool. Let's talk about BetterHelp. This is another meaningful partner that we have here at the podcast. We spend a lot of time talking about our own mental health, and we know because we have seen it firsthand the power of therapy. It's huge. What I love yes. about BetterHelp is that it is 100% online. You simply answer a few questions and you are off and running and we've got a 10% discount waiting for you in our show notes. You just go to betterhelp.com slash I needed that. But what do you see as the primary benefit of talking things out with the therapist? Um, you know what I really love about what they've done? Look, I've, I've seen six therapists in five years game changer for me because just like exercise does for our physical health we need therapy for our mental health and it's not something you do once it's something that's ongoing because we're constantly dealing with different struggles different traumas and they help give us the tools to sort through that but you know what they've done so well you really connect with someone that you can relate to and then it's really it's cool because when you jump on, you go through this questionnaire and they connect you with someone that's like you or, that's or who's been through similar struggles, right? Yes. It's absolutely. so powerful. So with BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you would expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who, like Chris said, has been custom-picked for you. Plus, more scheduling, flexibility, and an affordable price. Get 10% off for BetterHelp right now. Go to BetterHelp. With the P dot com slash I needed that. That's better H E L P dot com slash I needed that. You'll also find a link to better help in our show notes. Okay, briefly, Move One Million has just taken on a new partner. This is, if people don't know it, explain Move One Million in like 10 seconds. So, Move One Million, it is a standardized form of bringing movement and mindfulness to the masses. 100% free, takes less than five minutes a day. And it's free. Did I make it in time? Do we, do we mention it's free? We, <laughs> we, did. we did mention Oh, no, we didn't mention it's free yet. Yeah, yeah. that's the best part. And so, uh, again, it's, it's this um, amazing concept that, that I 
came up with and it's taken off and now we're serving just under we're moving just under a hundred thousand people a day across 71 countries but you can download the app um it's on the google or the app store just look up move one million and you move with us and you're mindful with us uh for free every single day or just go to m1m.org you can join us yourself or if you are a a wellness director for a, a company, a, a corporation, Church, a school, yeah, big hospital, hospital system, absolutely, school districts. Yep, you can download it and you can actually move your entire community. How about that? It's been a ton of fun. Get all over that m1m.org. Finally, I just put together this great workshop that has taken off like wildfire. Speaking of wildfire, it's called burnout, right? It's a whole <laughs> workshop on burnout. And so many groups of people are experiencing it. No bigger group than teachers. 44% of wow. all teachers say they feel or experience burnout at some point in the day. Now, the number is more like 40% for almost every profession. So while teachers are certainly feeling this, almost all of us have experienced some form of burnout, myself included, which is why I started this workshop. So if you want to bring me in to have a little discussion about what is burnout, what contributes to it, how can I avoid it? What can a self-care strategy do to kind of pull me out of this whole thing? I'm all about it. And you can connect with me at learnfrompeoplewholivedit.com. It's really amazing to see the interaction that you have and the connection that you have with people because it's not like you go in there and it's like, hoorah, fire them all up and then you're out. You really do give them tools and tactics to navigate it because you've been there. I certainly appreciate that. And I, I, I know that all the people that, uh, that you've, that you've spoken to, they really appreciate you too. Thank so, you, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Keep up. Damn, the good work, that man. was nice. Keep up the good work, Thank brother. Thank you, man. I yeah. appreciate that. All right. You ready to get into today's podcast? Yeah, let's go. Dude. Let's go. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Welcome to our, I needed that podcast. My name is Matthew Blades and I'm Chris Powell. We are in for a super treat today. A mega treat, a food treat. Yes. And who doesn't love Mexican food? Oh my God. Well, you know us, we, we had this little tango earlier on in one of our earlier episodes, but you, for some bizarre reason, picked pizza over tacos, something I will never <laughs> let you live down. Uh, I don't understand how that's even possible, but to each their own. It, it, you know what? Four nights of the week, I would say pizza. Three nights of the week, I'd say tacos. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, we are going to bring in one incredible chef into the fold here in just a couple of moments, and she's going to talk to us about a bunch of different stuff, including, you know, what is food's role in mental health yes. and wellness? Because mm-hmm. you probably have an opinion on that, right? Well, I think like no, nobody can doubt the, the, the importance of food and its impact on our mental health as well. Nutrition drives everything. She's going to give us some quick meals. She's going to give us a wow recipe so that we can kind of floor all of our friends the next time that we have them over. Um, plus, you're going to do a deep dive today on Just Win Today. What is that all about? That is about the concept of the fact that so many times when we start to take on a, a, a massive life change or, you know, you commit to a journey, you, you spend so much time thinking down the road of, oh, I, I have to do this for the rest of my life. Just focus on today. Every journey begins with just the win today. So we're, gonna, we're really going to do a deep dive into that. Awesome. I also stumbled on this Instagram post that we have to hash out, and maybe we even hash it out a little bit with Marcella here, but it was the title of the post was Things You Should Know By The Time You're 23. And as I was circling and going through some of the, some of the things that they were listing, I thought, man, there's people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s that are still working on this stuff. Yeah. 
and, and I'm supposed to know it by the time I'm 23? Right. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. So we're going to walk through all of that stuff. Well, let's jump into our interview today. Do you mind? Yeah, let's I'm yeah, please. really excited to welcome this Emmy-nominated celebrity chef, TV personality, designer, author, mother, businesswoman. Uh, Marcella is about to pop into the screen right there. Hello, Marcella. How are you? Muy bien, gracias. Buenos dias. How are you guys doing? Uh, buenos Man. dias. Estoy we, bien. <laughs> we are not as fluent in Spanish as you are, apparently, but we will make fine. you. Fine, we'll do this in English. <laughs> All right, fine. Ne necesitamos practicar mucho más. Hey, that's actually pretty good. Hey. Except I don't know what he said. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. okay. We'll fill you in later. I can, I can wrap out with Marcella just a little bit. <laughs> I just want to hear. Hold on, really quick. I want to hear Matthew. I want you. To, you're about to. Uh, you're about to crush her last name right here. No, in not. the most wonderful way. I'm going to say it so perfectly. It's Marcela <laughs> Valladolid. You could be Mexican. You see this? Uh, buen trabajo, amigo. <laughs> buen trabajo. Good job. <laughs> I, I butchered the hell out of it while I was meeting her just a few minutes backstage. But then when she told me, you know, I locked in on it and I said, just so, my problem is I overthink it. I actually right. have a pretty good tongue. I've got the, like I can roll R's and so I can be in the space and say the words properly. My problem is I get in my head about it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to, and then I do, you know, and my last name happens to be kind of long. So I understand if it, you know, it's, it's, it's gorgeous though. And Marcelo, though, is this a true, because I, a really good friend of mine who's Spanish speaking, they said, look, to your point of just getting up in your head, they said, just say it anyway and stop pausing because we know what you're trying to say. And just the fact that you're trying, that, that makes all the difference. Is that, is that true, Marcel? I'm the same way. I'm, and you'll see it on my social medias. I'm not that way at just about language, but like anything when it comes to cooking or traditions, I'm inclusive in the sense that for me, the fact that you're trying and researching and you looked up my last name and you tried – that's good enough for me. I'm all about welcoming people to the party. Look at you. So love it. let's uh, let's talk about the very beginning for you. And uh, how, what's your earliest memories of food and cooking? You're going way back. Mm. Um, well, I grew up on the south side of the border. I grew up in Tijuana. I would literally like cross the border every day to go to school in San Diego. We have a very unique experience here living on the border. Um, but it was actually like super mixed. And I think that's what's informed my career. Like I grew up eating like, you know, Chipotle spaghetti and like jalapeno cheeseburgers. Like we would poblano lasagnas. Like I grew up with a, an awesome mix of what is con considered like traditional or classically American with a whole bunch of Mexican ingredients. But I also grew up with, you know, chiles rellenos, enchiladas, like mole, like all of the traditional Mexican things. So to remember one thing I couldn't say, I just remember that it was like just a, a, a repertoire that included, you know, everything from classical French cuisine to classic American cuisine to classic traditional Mexican cuisine. So it was like a hodgepodge of pretty much everything growing up in Tijuana. What What is that fusion called? It would be like Mexica, like Cali Mex, Mexican. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's actually terms for it. It's a great question. Like they have a, a one of our most prominent culinary movements in Baja is called Baja Mediterranean cuisine. We have a Mediterranean climate, uh, climate so we have a lot of Mediterranean ingredients. So that's a huge one. But me personally, when I cook and I describe my food, I definitely say California Mexican because I'm working, I have a huge organic garden in the back. So I'm obviously working with ingredients that are indigenous to this climate and to this area. So I have a, it's definitely California Mexican is a great way to describe the way that I cook. Very cool. Uh -huh. what, what, what is like your favorite thing to, to sort of create? Do you enjoy it anymore? Or have you been doing this for such a point that it like, it's, kind of the gig now and it's kind of what you do 
Oh my God. I love this question because a couple of years, and I talk about this a lot on social media. I got to a point where I hated it so much that I was like, that's it. I'm going to the jungle in Mexico and I'm going to be a yoga teacher. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I was done. I was so overwhelmed. I was so overworked. I was so tired. I wanted to be with my family. And I was like, I'm not touching cooking anymore for the rest of my life. And then the world went into lockdown and I had nothing to do. Work went away for both me and my partner. Like we were just like many other people, we were just forced to like figure out what the heck to do with our time. And for me, I went back to cooking and I fell completely in love with it mm. all over again because it came from a place like I've been super fortunate to work with very big platforms and what, you know, publishers or whatever. Um, but I didn't have the voice to kind of say, you know, I'm not good with these guidelines that you're putting on me and I'm not good with these limitations or these parameters. And I think that's why it became so exhausting and because I felt I was sacrificing so much time of myself and my integrity. And then pandemic came and I was just cooking for like, for me and my fans and my kids and my family. And I started doing the cooking classes and then the world just completely opened up in a whole different way for me. And I, and I loved it again and I love it now. Welcome back. Thank That's you. really cool. Isn't yeah, it, it was super cool. Isn't it something how like all of a sudden you just get passionate about something again and it's, and even though it's for you, people resonate with that. Like that's what connects you with everyone else. I was going to say that's almost the connection point. You're coming at it from your own experience and there's no wrong or right when you're talking about your own experience. You're mm. just being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share. And that's what happened with me and my food. I was like, I don't know if you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, but this is what we made for dinner. And it ended up being such a great connecting point for my followers. And I got an awesome book deal because of it, <laughs> but I just finished book number six. And wow. Congratulations. The best recipes of my career. They're tested by hundreds and thousands of people that signed up for the cooking class during pandemic. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, when you have the courage to just kind of sort of be yourself, what can be really scary in the beginning, like, it that's when the beauty starts to come. That's when the world starts to kind of the universe starts to really, really open up for you. So you wow. mentioned this garden that you have in the back, and you and you like to use foods that are indigenous to the area that you live in. So what I know you're really big on real ingredients, so hit me. What are some of those things that you've got in the backyard that you bring into the kitchen? Yeah, um, I I talk about this all the time. Like I said, I'm obviously not an expert. Like I make enchiladas for a living. Like that's my disclaimer. In everything <laughs> that I do. Like, listen, I'm making I tacos it. for a living, yeah. so take everything that I say with a grain of salt because I'm just being honest. Like I'm telling you what worked for me. Um, that's really freaking like, funny. <laughs> It's the truth. It's like, I don't have any PhDs. I'm not doctor. I'm, not, I'm like an enchilada lady. That's how you can refer I'm to gonna me. I'm going to translate that to Chris. He's like, listen, I just lift weights for a living. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, yeah, 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 right. Exactly. And, and I just come at it from personal experience. And that's why people connect with you guys. Because you're just coming at it from personal like trial and error. And that's the, I think, in my opinion, that's the best way to come at things. But it is. in terms of the garden, um, <laughs> I really did try and focus on some of the stuff that grows on the south side of the border. So you'll find a ton, and I'll, I'll get to why this is important, but like epazote, obviously you know cilantro in English, cilantro, um, hoja santa, uh, uh, ruda. Like I have a lot of the Mexican herbs that will adapt, that, that do fine in this climate. And the reason that I mention them so much is because we're so used to um, sadly, like processed foods and the bomb, like the bombarding of the senses with processed foods because they have so much salt, so much sugar. Like we're so used to putting food in our mouth that is just like blah, 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 makes everything kind of all the red flags kind of go, you know, on alert and give me mm. some more. Let's get addicted. Oh, yeah. And the only way that I think they can do that or the closest way you can get to there is by using just like 
an a giant assortment of like fresh herbs, which I know people wow. are like, eh, maybe not. Like I, I don't get that excited about fresh herbs, but for me, it's like, I think it makes the whole difference in a dish. Like any, even from a pizza to a roast chicken, to a grilled fish, to a beautifully, you know, sealed piece of meat, uh, seared piece of meat, like adding like an abundance of like fresh herbs that are from peppery to sweet, to salty, to minty, like I think that can really convince people to be more kind of adventurous and have more fun with food. We spend a lot of time talking about food on this podcast because of this guy right here. And, you know, you have created products to supplement people's, uh, you know, days and help them along the journey of weight loss. And so we've actually we had this guy on the show. Um, Marcella named Matt Doxy, and Matt Doxy is a, a flavor profile mad scientist dude. And he talks about all this stuff about mouthfeel and texture and all of the things that you kind of just articulated in your thoughts right there. And so my question to both of you, I think, is, okay, if you're, you know, if you're trying to manufacture that, there could be versions of it that are less healthy, but if you're using like the real fresh herbs and all the fresh ingredients, it's probably like green lights all day long, right? That's as good as it gets. It's as good yeah, as like it gets. Marcel was just yeah. talking about. Yeah. Just think about all of the textures when you're putting a dish together. Like think about crunch, add some fried tortilla chips. I have oh, nothing man. against yeah. frying every once in a while. Think about creamy, add some either cashew cream if you don't like dairy or add Mexican crema. Think about bright flavors. Add some mint, add some dill, add some cilantro, add some parsley. Just really chop it up and throw Like the more textures that you add to the dish, you're going to get that same reaction that you get from those, you know, overly processed foods. It's like you want to attack as many of your senses as possible or uh, those areas on your palate as possible to make it an exciting experience. And I think it's fully, completely accessible and doable with non-processed and 100% natural ingredients. We do it here all the time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's something really interesting. Um, I've been blessed to work with a lot of incredible researchers and professionals in, in the past. And um, something super cool about our taste buds, like you were talking about those hyperpalatables, high sugar, high fat, high salty foods, and they overwhelm our senses, you know, with all kinds of different flavorings. Um, it takes about a week, a week of when you switch over to those real whole natural foods, and I think obviously using all the different things for mouthfeel, for crunch, for, uh, for colors and everything, they really help the transition. But after about a week of avoiding those foods, because they desensitize your taste buds so much, then you can really start to taste. But it takes about a week away from those. So that's why and eating healthy tastes crappy for like the, the first few days? It, 100%. It huh. tastes really bland. But I've been doing this for 20 years, and it's really interesting because when I'm taking someone through the journey of transformation and then they, they, they stop consuming those hyperpalatables – for for about four, five, six days, they're like, oh, this food's it's it's just not enough. It's right. just not giving. And then all of a sudden, they're like, wow, this these almonds are delicious. Oh wow, these mm. rice and beans are delicious. And then when they go back to their old foods, they go, oh my gosh, it's so greasy. Oh, it's too sweet. It's and they're like, yeah. wait, are these the same McDonald's fries? And like, yeah, it's the same yeah. fries. You're actually finally tasting the hyperpalatable state, like state that they're in, like because of this, See, all the greasy. You got all fat. the words. I'm just like all the thingies. No, you're spot on. I love it. <laughs> all the thingies that happen mouth yes you know i'm making gelatas for a living no (laughs) but isn't this the thing that both of you fight in your professions it's like you'll heal people will come to you and they'll say i want to eat this and i want to have this and i want to have this and then you give them the recipe to do all of that stuff and they're like it's a lot of work like now i gotta go get this and that and the other thing and why don't i just go to the grocery store and get one salt shaker that's got all 15 ingredients in it and pour that on my chicken (laughs) 
you know what? And I do talk about this uh, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not the fitness expert, but I do tell people like, if you want to do any sort of lifestyle change, like just make sure uh, that there are, that those, the elements that you're going to work with now, like in this new experience, that they exist in your life, that they exist in your family's life. Like, don't be the kale person. If you've never had kale in your entire life, like it's totally doable with a short list of grocery ingredients that you probably been buying your whole life. You just need to make like a few adjustments. And like you said, I went down this journey as well. Listen, I was on the border. My mom mom got super excited about like Jack in the Box and McDonald's back in the day. Like I grew up on all that stuff. My dad, like we had, I remember like they opened up the Costco in Tijuana. So there was like an entire pantry in my home. You would open up and it was Ding Dongs and Twinkies and all (laughs) of the American, like we were so obsessed with all of the American like junk food that it was, we were, it was everywhere in my house. So I grew up with that. And I think something really important to mention, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's like the biggest fear about making the shift into a slightly more like healthier, more, you know, whole foods diet is you think you're always going to be craving. You're like, what am I going to do like at night when I want to go down and have that giant Mm. bowl of sugary cereal? I've done this. I do this every once in a while. I'm not going to lie. But like your body starts to no longer crave that stuff. Like you trust your body. If you just kind of trust your body and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so weird that all day I haven't thought about Oreos. It's so strange, you know? And I know that if my body's thinking about like the Oreos, I might go grab a couple and I'm totally cool with that. But I know that I just need to do a little more work on the other side. And it's just about trusting your body because it'll stop asking for that stuff. If you clean it up a little bit. 100% true. Yeah. Double, double done on that. It just, takes patience. It takes a little bit of time for your body to go through those adaptations and adjustments. I love that. Um, Hey, I do have one quick question for you. Maybe it's not a quick question, but this is going to be a little bit of a challenge. Okay. So um, the folks that that are, that are, that really follow our podcast that obviously I've worked with for quite some time and we're really passionate about helping and I'm, I'm included in this. Um, I don't like to spend a lot of time cooking food in the kitchen, but I like to make delicious food. Due to those, both of those reasons, um, a lot of the foods that we make have got four to five ingredients max. So say you have five ingredients max, you got about 10 to 15 minutes and you need to make a lot of food that you can eat over the next few days. Yes. What would you do? I would do, this is what I would do. I would go to the place where you are, where you trust your butcher or you can find a clean cut of meat. I would get you about four pounds of stew meat. So that's your one ingredient. Well, and then I would throw going. it in some water and boil it with a couple of things. I think pantry ingredients are forgiven, right? Is it because I used to play this game. So oh, yeah. maybe if you have some bay leaves or if you have some ground onion, anything that you have going on that you can season that water with, great. If it's nothing, then it's nothing. If you have chicken broth, if you have beef broth, anything that you can add, just cook it low and slow, bring it to a boil simmer for about two or three hours. And then you've got a shredded meat. I do this every week. You've got the shredded meat in a Pyrex container in the fridge. Another staple in my house, always tortillas. Because with that shredded meat and those tortillas, I can make everything from enchiladas. I can make soft tacos. I can make flautas that are fried or or made in the oven or in the air fryer. So those are just two ingredients. So the other two or three ingredients can be on what I want to make. My kids obsess about soft tacos with that shredded meat. And I'll do a slice of avocado, olive oil, salt and pepper, maybe a squeeze of lime. That's dinner for my kids with a couple carrot sticks. And we call it a night. They've got the carb. They've got the protein. They've got the veggie. The easiest Amazing. dinner in the world for taquitos. Literally just throw a couple of tortillas in the oven to make them soft and pliable. 
put that meat inside, roll it up, brush with a little oil, air fryer oven to get crunchy taquitos. And then you can do all the crazy toppings you want, like shredded lettuce, purchase salsa, purchase guacamole or sliced guacamole, whatever, or sliced avocado, whatever you want. But once you get that shredded meat and those tortillas in the fridge, it can become literally 20 different like Mexican meals. Dang. Boom. She almost does what you do. My, that's a mic drop right there. But but on the, the Mexican style side of things, I love that. One protein base. So are we going to convert you from pizzas to tacos yet? <laughs> Maybe. I think, yep, Marcella, you just converted me. I'm telling you, I'm doing this with my kiddos. I hope everyone who's listening right now, yeah. you better do the same thing. Look, like she just said, what, three to four pounds, get, make that shredded meat. You got your tortillas. That's the base. You got your protein, your starch right there. From there, she, she rattled off tacos, enchiladas, flautas, taquitos. I mean, brilliant. I love yeah, this. And you can, you can build. Like kids t- like it's super simple, but for the adults at the table, you just build, build, build with the garnishes. So it's not like you're cooking like 20 different, like for the kids and the nuggets and the adults. No, it's one meal on the table. And what you really get creative with is the accoutrements and everybody just kind of adds whatever they want and makes it whatever they want. Insane. Brilliant. That's so good. Saves time, saves money. And you feed the entire family, all the adults, all the kids. I love this. Maybe here's a question that I struggle with in my own home. And maybe a chef and a fitness guy can help me out with this uh, struggle is my kids are, they have some permanent uh, issue with leftover foods and I cannot get them to bridge the gap between leftovers and meal prep. I'm like, listen, it's just, we're meal prepping. We're, we're taking what we've already created and you're going to eat it again tomorrow. You have now, and, and they will not, they, they won't jump ship on that. Any advice? I'm going to agree with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, this is why I'm going to agree with your kids. I grew up with a dad that didn't allow a microwave in our home. And, I, and I'm blessed because of it. Because leftovers were like, he'd rather hear a curse word than the word leftovers. Okay. Like, that did wow. not exist in our All home. Right. Like, that is, he was very strict in that sense. So my suggestion is practice the art of reinvention. Like, what is it that you're reheating? Can it possibly become something else so they don't okay. feel like they're eating the same meal? I'm with them, dude. I'm not going to eat the same meal twice in a row. I'm not going to do it. Wow. See, I, I'd I could eat the same thing five days in a row, couldn't no. you? For sure. I was going to say, starve them until they're hungry enough to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that always works. <laughs> uh, that's a really good idea. And, 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 and that's where I think I go wrong is that I try to have them eat the same meal the next day. And it needs to be more of a repurposing, which is where the meal prep comes into play. And I like what she said. Like you make all your meat and then that way you can do your meat any which way you want and kind of, you know. Whatever you're reheating, I swear you could put it in a taco. Right. I swear. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a tater tot. I don't know if it's sauteed <laughs> vegetables. I don't know if it's grilled salmon. All of those will work in a taco. There's your new meal. Wow. So let's have a quick conversation uh, about food's role in mental health. Uh, we're, fi- we're finally starting to dive down that rabbit hole a lot more. Chris and I have been really open about our own struggles with mental health and wellness. And what is food's role in that as, long- as far as you can see? It's taken me, you know, I've been with Philip with my partner for 10 years and it, he's known this about me my whole life. And he's watched me like learn in the, pro- and he will just say things like, I told you you're sensitive because he's the poor guy that always, always gets like, you know, the result of me not eating properly. I'm really sensitive. Like for me, dehydration feels like depression. Like Mm. I'm not even kidding. 
for me, dehydration literally, literally feels like I'm sad, like my mind is racing. Like I can't, if I'm not well hydrated on a plane, I will have a whole very sad episode on a plane. Like for me, dehydration is like, does not feel good. Same for like, if I have a reaction to food, sometimes it feels like food allergies for me sometimes come in the form of like a rapid heartbeat, which feels like anxiety sometimes. So I've had to do the whole thing about kind of eliminating the stuff that I'm, that my body just was really sensitive to. I, I can, it's, I'm a different person. If I'm well-fed, if I'm, if my balance, if my diet is balanced, if I'm not skipping breakfast, which is something that I tend to do a lot, like some people, I guess, aren't as affected. I, my kids know if I wasn't fed properly, my partner will know if I wasn't drinking enough water, like for me, I don't know if it's my age or my anatomy, but the more I take care of myself, the more my head is where it needs to be. I'm more focused. I'm kinder. I'm happier. I'm a better mom. I'm mm. a better partner. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely paying so much more attention to that than I ever was before. That's a genius 100%. answer. Don't you just love that? <laughs> because so many of us struggle with that. When I go out and I do my speaking engagements, I remind everybody, because I learned this from one of the healers that I worked with, the number one side effect of being thirsty is being angry. Well, on top of that, you know, the... The mechanism in the brain for uh, for thirst is so weak that often we also re- we confuse it for hunger. So a lot of the times when you think you're hungry, you're actually really thirsty. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, our body is 60 to 70% water. And so water is the base of all of these metabolic processes in our body. So of course, hydration is huge. And, you know, she mentioned obviously dehydration, but also like hypoglycemia. You ever try to rationalize with someone who's hypoglycemic? <laughs> I don't even know if I would know the difference. Or, you know, if they have, if they have low blood sugar. Oh, okay, yeah. I it's mean, like, it's and just, being hangry. The, the, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Or like, so you just can't even think straight, right? Mm. So it's like just properly nourishing your body. But also, you know, it's really amazing is that so a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have food sensitivities and that can cause inflammation in our gut. You think about like inflammatory foods. And when the gut is inflamed, you can't absorb your nutrients properly, but... Um, a significant amount of the serotonin that our body makes is actually made in the gut. And so when I actually went to my psychiatrist, when they were putting me on an SSRI at first, which is for depression, mm-hmm. because my, my serotonin levels tested so low, the first thing they looked for was inflammation in my gut. Mm-hmm. Wow. Talk about the link between... Wow. Well, the gut and the brain are the same thing, and we're getting on that more and more every single day. It's just that they are, they're they're the same thing. 100%. Like, it is a holistic approach to your body. You can't have a conversation about physical health without talking mental health, without talking social health. You know, and and again, now here comes, you bring food into the equation, which is both physical, mental, and social. There are huge social components that influence the foods that we consume, like social and cultural and everything. So this is... It's just, it's one big conversation about holistic health. Absolutely. And I think what I get the most, and it, listen, I'm scrolling all day too. I'm sitting here with, look, there's my cat, by the way. Oh, um, sweet kitty cat. El, El gatito. El gatito. We're so <laughs> overwhelmed with information. Like yeah. literally, I'll be scrolling and somebody will promise the pill that'll fit. Like we're so overwhelmed with information. Like there's this guy that swears it's carnivore. There's this guy that swears it's vegan. There's this guy that swears it's keto. Like, there's so much information. And what I tell, what the enchilada lady tells her followers <laughs> is, I just love you. Go, just go back to like, just go back to whole foods. Yeah. Like, don't like, just, you know, if, if it's not labeled at your supermarket, just give that like a week, give it a week to see how it feels. 
when you buy stuff, I was going to say a bad word, when you buy stuff <laughs> that doesn't come from a box, just give it a shot for a week. You know, just get your protein, get your carb, get your veggie. Do that for a week and see what happens. Don't worry about their, what they're telling you on the gram, all these 100 million things that you need to do and need to buy and need the pill. And just start there for just like a week. Pretend it's 100 years ago. And that's your ingredient list and see how it feels. Just back to basics. And that's just my my my, you know, she's a fit. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're a fit on this. I need yep. that podcast. We're all in on, on you. Congratulations. That's yeah, awesome. You're, you're awesome. Yeah. I try. Hey, um, as we wind down, I have kind of a, a last couple of questions for you. Uh, and, and maybe one of the last ones that I'd like to know is, okay, we're having a dinner party. We're going to invite some people over to the house this weekend and we want to make something for them that will blow their freaking minds. Marcella, what would you suggest? And by the way, whatever you suggest, we'll put as a recipe on our show notes so that people can go get it and try it for themselves. But what are you in love with right now? Well, the one thing that I would suggest, because I'm also like an expert on entertaining, is never cook a dish for the first time when you're entertaining. Ooh, <laughs> that's great yeah. advice. <laughs> yeah. like, practice it with your family, with your dog. I don't care. Yeah, but right. Never, it'll give you so much stress. And what determines a good dinner party is the, is the vibe, energy, and attitude of the host. So do not be trying my like jalapeno roast chicken that I'm going to suggest right now for the first time when you have a table of 10 guests like at your house. Right. Like, practice that's more on, important than the food itself. Practice on um, the kids first. Exactly. Yeah. Kids, dog, neighbor, whatever you want. Um, but I would say, like, I have a wonderful recipe that it's been incredibly popular. Uh, uh, it's called the jalapeno roast chicken, where basically you take a roast chicken and you take slices of fresh jalapeno and you put it between the skin and the flesh of the chicken. So when Ooh. And you think it's spicy, but it's not. It's like the spice disappears when you roast the chicken. And you, of course, you put some butter on it. You could do ghee. Just you want some fat to get that, kind of that crispy chicken. And you roast it with your choice of vegetables. I like to do sliced russet potatoes or zucchini or squash, whatever you want. But when you roast it, those sliced jalapenos, they start to release their juices and kind of tenderize the chicken. And they add a nice smoky flavor. So that's it's a super easy recipe. Anybody that can roast a chicken can do this. And the addition of the sliced jalapenos when you cut into it to like make soft tacos or whatever you want, really delicious and really easy too. So, okay. so really quick for everyone out there saying, wait, how do I roast a chicken? How do you roast a ah, chicken? That's a good one. Okay. So this is my trick. The most important thing about roasting a chicken is not letting it dry out. So what I like to do is when I like to start with a high temperature, about 400 degrees. And then my secret is I like to put like a couple pats of butter frozen or really cold butter over the chicken so that while you're roasting, it's not only protecting your skin, but you're really kind of infusing it with flavor, like on the way down. So pats of tiny pats of butter over the chicken. See, I don't know what you guys talk about fat, like in the podcast, <laughs> but I'm all about full fats. I'm all about butter. I think everything in balance is totally cool. So I'll definitely yeah. do like a couple pats of butter, let it melt into the chicken and bring the temperature down to 350, kind of to give it a chance to kind of cook without drying out too much. You don't want to bring the temperature down too much because then you're going to dry out your chicken breast. So I would say start at 400, a few minutes, bring it down to 350, internal temperature of 160. You know, the juices should run kind of the color of white wine, obviously not pink. Very easy to roast a chicken. Okay. Boom. Awesome. I mean, that's, uh, that's outstanding. And we'll throw all this stuff in the show notes so that everybody can experience it. And uh, Marcella Valladolid. Oh, see, then, then I, I overthought it a little that's bit close. there. That's close. 
Yeah. I know. But I was in my head a little bit, as I promised I would be. Um, I know. I know. But listen, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. And I'm going to tell you right now, we love nuggets on this podcast. Like we, 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 you know, we, we call it, I needed that because we hope that after people listen to the podcast, they're like, Oh my God, I needed that. Like, Oh, 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 I learned that little thing. I needed that nugget. And you've given us five or six of these unbelievable nuggets today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you gave me some. (laughs) I know know what I'm making this afternoon. Oh my gosh. I I love love it. it. We'll get links to your books. To all your projects, we promise to link to everybody. And thank you again for being with us today on our podcast. Muchas gracias. Thank you, guys. Thank all you. Right. Have a beautiful day. Muchísimas gracias. Dios los bendiga. Ah, que tenga buen día. All right. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Have an awesome day. Bye. All right. That's great stuff. Wow, man. Dude. How about that? Dude, huh? I'm so stoked on the shredded on the shredded meat with the tortillas and. I'm just going to go bananas with the kiddos this week. This is great. Unbelievable. You know what? The whole thing about the taquitos or the flat, like the, doing the taquitos in the air fryer. Are you kidding me? This is going to be amazing. Oh my I gosh. Love it. Yeah. I am such a fan of Marcella now, and I can't wait to dive into all the things that she's got. Um, speaking of things we've got coming up on this podcast, we're getting ready to jump into our deep dive on just win today, which I think will be a, a great segment. I cannot wait for that. Um, here's something that we didn't get to last week, but I want to talk about it this week. It's a little bit lighthearted and we'd love to hear your feedback. And here's the question. What do you miss the most about being a kid? Mm. You got to think about that. And for us, maybe we don't have to think too far. It could be something as simple as what happened last night in your home. Oh, hundred percent. And, and by the way, even though cash is running on about three hours of sleep, do you see he's buzzing? He is buzzing buzzing i mean as he was just recalling the memories of hanging out with his buddies mm. it, it almost like took his breath away did you see that <laughs> and it was just 100 like, i i was watching him and as he was explaining this to, to me and matthew just about playing video games with his buddies they went on an adventure they went and climbed a hill and then they came they back and, flashlight yeah, yeah. they're out in the backyard it was 40 degrees and they're spraying each other with the hose at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> they woke me up actually <laughs> but just memories but and, and he's sitting there exhausted bags under his eyes but just on like literally but no just, cares oh my gosh and and he's he's fired up yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like he drank three cups of coffee but uh yeah, so what what do you miss what do you miss the most about being a kid and they gave some examples right they said well you get home cooked meals every night that you don't have to make mm. uh there's the freedom from the financial responsibility there's no bills there's no taxes you don't even know what those words are right. um you get to eat as much candy as you want on halloween without feeling any sense of guilt or getting a massive tummy ache the next day or even caring that you get a massive right. tummy ache the next day. The one we just talked about, hanging out with your friends all day. Here's one that I miss uh, about being uh, being a little kid is like when you get sick, you know how your mom or your dad will always take care of you. Oh, yeah. And now when you get sick as an adult, <laughs> there's no one. <laughs> do it yourself. No yes, exactly. No bueno. And, and especially for us guys, because we get like that man flu, right? Which is just way worse than any other flu. Are you, are you <laughs> a tough case too? Like when I'm sick, I just want to be alone. Yeah. You know, I, I still kind of grind when I'm sick. You do? Is, yeah. And it's just, it's not, I don't choose it. I just, I think there's just like that mental sense of urgency. But for you, you just, I, I, know, I, how, I know how much he hates being sick. I mean, that is his thing. <laughs> I just don't want to, I don't, I hate feeling crappy because I just retreat. Oh, for sure. Like if we're in the animal kingdom, I'm the bear that goes to the cave by himself while he's not feeling good. Oh yeah. 
Well, I, I learned early on with you. I was like, hey, if, if anyone's got a sniffle in the house, I'm going to call you in advance and let you know because I, I know how much you hate being sick. Sucks. <laughs> I can't grind through. I've always been one of these guys who like, you know, I was in radio for 27 years. And when my co-hosts would show up and they would all be under the weather, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Why don't you stay home and take care of yourself? Like, if I feel like crap, I'm going to stay home and take care of myself. Why won't you do the same thing? For I sure. think that's the way I approach it. If, have you ever gotten sick from a co-host who's come in or from someone else? I'm sure I mean, we have, so. right? Well, I was, like, so, sometimes you know, especially like when one person comes in sick, three days later, all of a sudden you're laid out, and then you try not to hold a grudge, but you're still kind of pissed <laughs> off. <you know? laughs> yeah, and then uh, listen, on, on a lot of levels, COVID and all this other crap has kind of taught us to be like, it's, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. It's, it's here. People are going to get sick. You're all about getting germs. You don't even shower. I mean, you know, there's, there's a whole thing happening there. Just no soap. Right? No, that's right. You're right. With the, you with the microbiome. So what do you miss the most about being a kid? You haven't gone. Um, yeah, I, I would think it was, it was definitely the, uh, the lack of responsibility. Yeah, buddy. Dude, I didn't even know what responsibility was until I probably hit till after college. I felt like all I did was play sports as a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my boys do that too. It's like, mm-hmm. when's hockey? When's basketball? When we go in golfing? When we go into the park? When we doing this? It's like, amazing. Yeah. Soak it up, kiddo. I, don't you remember like day after day, like you had to, you finally went in the house when you couldn't see the ball anymore and it was like hitting in the face. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what I mean? Where, the, where there's A basketball, football, volleyball, whatever it was. And it's just like, you're finally going because <laughs> the, the sun set two hours ago and you're just trying your best. And, it, and then, by the, then you, you go in, you, eat, you fall asleep, you wake up and you do it all over again. We, we had know? this conversation just a couple of weeks ago. We took the kids to play golf and we went to a nice uh, golf course. And because of that, they wanted the finish. But like we couldn't even see the ball when we were teeing off. It was like, <laughs> buddy, I have no idea where it landed. <laughs> right. They didn't care. Yes. No. They wanted to just keep going oh, and keep grinding. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, those are good times. What do you miss the most about being a kid? I hope that you'll leave us a little note or uh, send us a note on social. Uh, because we want to know about it. And speaking of being a kid, you and I both see eye to eye on this next little um, a bit that I'm getting ready to bring up, and I appreciate that about you. A fully developed athlete is 26. A fully developed brain is... About 26, 27. Right in that age range. And so when I stumbled on this Instagram post of things you should be smart enough to realize by the time you're 23, I thought, well... Right. Hold on. I don't know if 23 is the the peak of your maturity and your your wealth of knowledge yet. Right. Fair, and so fair enough. Fair enough. aren't you interested to hear what's on this I, list? I really am. Okay. So here's a couple of them. Rule number one, things you should know by the time you're 23, that your nine to five is somebody else's passive income. Hmm. Hmm. Which, but, hold on, but I... This is definitely more of a newer way of thinking. Totally. Whereas way back when. That's a post-COVID thing almost. It it really is. Because way back when, when I say way back when, 10 years ago. In 2019. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Four years ago. um, Yeah, it was like you go to college. Or, you know, you graduate high school, you get a 95, go to college, you get a 95. It's right, like, right. You get that 95, that, and then you climb through the ranks, that becomes your career, then you retire and you're done. Nowadays, that's like... It's, it's a bunch of, it's like your career or maybe it's just your job, then your side hustles. And it's like, Hmm, 
It mm. definitely is a new way of thinking. And, and I was thinking about that particular rule, and I thought, well, it really only applies if you don't like your nine to five. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's some people, like, I'll be honest, when I was in my radio career, and you must have felt this way about your television show, too, and all the other projects that you've done, while you're in that, you don't care about the nine to five. It's like, I don't care if this job takes 14 hours a day. I love it so much that I'm in it to win it. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Well, that, yeah. that's the thing. That, because well, this is a passion thing, which is like, boy, are we blessed to be able to do something that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Right, man. And, and that's, it's definitely one of those things that's on the top of my charts when I'm out, you know, feeling gratitude, you know, yeah. to the universe. It's like, man, thank you for giving this to me. Yeah. All right. Chris is going to squirm at number two. I already saw it and I'm already squirming. He's right already now. squirming. <laughs> but they say uh, porn and masturbation are the greatest killers of success. Disagree. Next. <laughs> I'm not buying that crap, not even for the sake of anything. I don't, I, I don't believe it. I, I think, think there's I, too many good physical things that happen when you, you know, play around in that space. Well, I, I, I do think that they can, they can certainly cause a heck of a strain in a relationship. That's for sure. That's and true. I, I think it's definitely something to be communicated really well if you are in a relationship. Right. And, and boundaries set 100%. But to just make a, such a hard line in the sand that that's the end of it and it's no good and it's always bad, I'm like, mm. Here's the thing also. Like, and, and I'm just going to say this, it has certainly kept me from doing some really irresponsible things. Sure, you, there because, you go. Because well, let me tell you straight up, the, the one thing that I do not, and, and, and I refuse to do, is to mess with another human's emotions. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know. I'll mess with my emotions. Number three on this list, and I really like this, and this is something that I'm starting to think about a lot more as we get a little bit older, is you shouldn't take advice from people who are not where you want to be in life. Mm. Well, yeah, but, but hold on. Yeah. It's, like, it's not like they mastered every aspect of their life, right? And so it's just like, yeah, they might not actually be where I want to be, but what if they've learned some powerful lessons and they see you like your train derailing and they're like, Hey, I see you're going in a really bad direction here. It's like, I'm not telling you to be me, you know, but isn't that true? Like, yeah, I, I think, think there probably is something to learn from everybody. It's, it's, you. it's probably just that if you're trying to get to the next level, like, okay, let's take for what you do for a living. Right. You help people transform weight loss, being the best versions of themselves, physically, mentally, spiritually, all the things that I know you're about these days. But you know, yeah, I would want to listen to somebody that looks like you, that has gone through the things more like than if I'm, somebody walks up and they're completely out of shape, they look like they don't take care of themselves. Like if I've got the two people to pay attention to, you can see where this might be a truth. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And I think that's what they're saying. Sure. And and I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, if someone's going to give me financial advice... And they're, and they're broke. They've lost everything. Yeah, and they've exactly. been bankrupt five times. Like, I'm not going to listen to them. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. That's yeah. True. Your buddy who's been divorced five times, don't take his marriage advice. Right. It sucks. <laughs> don't take marriage advice from me. <laughs> I get what you're saying there. No, you're not five <laughs> times divorced, but you know what I'm saying. There's people who do that. They're like, you know what I would tell you to do? It's like, no, I'm not right. listening to you. <laughs> totally. Divorced five times. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. I love this one. This is a, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, she's a friend of yours, not Brene Brown. Meg. Oh, uh, Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. No one else is coming to save your problems. Your life is 100% your responsibility. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Now, now it takes a minute to key in on that thought, though, hey? It does. And, and I know that uh, 
while I've, I've mentioned that to a handful of people and, and a lot of people are like, well, what about God? You know? Mm. And, and it's like, yeah, but at the same time, what he's given us all is free agency. Yeah. And so he can, and sometimes you just have to step back. And if you're, if, if that's what your faith says, listen to the signs, but at the same time, you got to do the work. Yeah. He can present the opportunity, but you got to do the work. And whether you believe in that or not, regardless, you got to do the work. That's the punchline of this whole thing. Whether it was provide that opportunity was provided for you or not, you got to do the work. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's easy to sit into like a victim mentality too and be like, all these things keep happening to me. And um, I know you're a spiritual guy, and so I'll share this with you. But um, I have uh, I have a tattoo of a Buddha on my left uh, bicep. And then I also have uh, an arrow pointing forward with the word life on it on my right. Mm. And one of the most powerful Buddhist teachings that I ever received was this idea that life comes from you, not at you. Mm. Okay. Mm. And, and, and so to me, that really helped me sort of understand why things kept happening. Uh, I was like, well, I'm projecting this. I am planting the seeds to make this type of thing happen. If you keep getting the same result over and over and over again, you might want to switch up your approach. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It makes sense. That's common sense right there. I know, but a lot of people, it gets missed on you because you get into the thick of it, you get into the weeds of it, and then you're emotional about it, and you can't really see the forest for the trees, and you kind of almost have to step back. My Buddhism may say, Mahamadra, like, get back. Step mm. back from yourself. Watch yourself and see what you're doing because yes. then you're going to be able to get a better lens on it. Absolutely. Number five on this, and then we'll wrap up and get to your deep dive. If you find somebody smarter than you, work with them. Don't compete. How's that land with you? 100%. I think I'm going to add on to that. Go. Know what you do well and know what you don't do well mm. and surround yourself with people that can complement your weaknesses. Okay. It's probably one of the greatest things that I've ever learned in life. That's a good and one. I'm still learning it. So it's like, boy, there's, I'm, I run into people who do a lot of things better than me. And it's just like, it's, it's also, it's, it's the, the, abundance mindset it's like there's god i struggle with that oh man, man. i operate from scarcity so much uh, do it's, you well, it's, it's easy to default to scarcity yeah. and then but to at least be aware that you're defaulting to it so then you can turn around and say wait a second there's enough room for all of us here mm. what can i learn from you i do i'm but uh, here's the thing i'm not i'm not preaching from a soapbox here because i secretly i do compete <laughs> i do and and secretly you know secretly i watch a lot of those, um, you know, fitness professionals, scientists, et cetera, they're really immersed in the research and secretly I'm jealous of them. Really? Because, yes, yeah, you've because, said this before. Because they're finding out all the answers and they're delivering them and then I'm learning them and then passing them on and I'm just thinking, gosh, I wish I was you. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I wish I, wish I, could, I could come to those conclusions and I could conduct the research, but at the same time they're out there doing it. So I'm really grateful for them. But there are some really brilliant people out there. Yeah, you could be the convener. You're the conduit to the to the information. This is what you do better than almost a lot. Well, I would say everybody, right? But you do this better than a lot of people. Is Thank that you. you can take information and you can spit it back out in a way where people can actually, you know, do the thing, right? Whereas I, I'm going to be honest with you: if you knew too much, you might speak over people's heads, and uh, you then you won't connect with them. So, so maybe, you know, I'm, I'm telling you to trust the fact that the way you learn and apply and then give this information to other people is very unique. It's very special and it's not something that everybody can do. I appreciate that. And I didn't mean to make it about me or anything, but I mean, that's, that's, I guess that is my role. 
This is what everybody everybody makes everything about them. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. But this is what you do so well also is that you actually create this entertaining uh, ecosystem for us to deliver this information mm. as well. And so because the thing is you, if, if we just jumped on here and we spoke scientific jargon the entire time. You guys would be you know, DOA as we you know used to say in the military. You know how many listeners we'd have? Mm. And so it's like to, to weave it into stories and make it fun and really to connect with you guys and be honest and open. That's that's the magic that you bring, brother. All right. Well, listen, so. we are getting ready for our deep dive uh, as we round up today's episode. Uh, we haven't gotten to name that tune yet, and we may not get to it. We had Chef Marcella on, and, you know, so sometimes you got to make choices. Cash looks like he's ready to go out and do some working out. What you doing, buddy? I- go work out. All right, go have a great workout. All right. <laughs> oh, all right. See, what's up, buddy? Hey, have a good workout, dude. You know what you're doing, right? Okay, good. Perfect. See, I, I've got this workout chart. It. I got it. Oh, you know what? This is something I need to, to give to our audiences. I've got this amazing workout chart. It's, it's listed out week after week, like three, throughout each month. So there's week one, two, three, four of every month. And um, when the kids, if they want to earn any screen time, they have to complete a list of things. They have to do some Duolingo. They have to play some piano. They have to read. They have to do a workout. And this workout chart is pretty amazing. And it's something that anyone could, like any kids can do anywhere. And uh, so I have to share that. So Kind of feel like you're bogarting, bogarting all, the, all the good stuff right now. <laughs> yeah, so I will, in fact, we have to, let's post this okay. in there. So just so any parents out there, if you want your kids you know, to earn their screen time, and let me tell you, my kids have never been more excited to actually earn their screen time. They, they wake up and they run after this thing. And so that kid, like, he's going to run out in the garage and he's going to go work out for 15 minutes. Couldn't be happier about it. Because he wants to earn that screen time. So I'm like, all right, it's a win-win. Genius, man. Yeah. All right, our deep dive. I don't know if you can do it in less than 10 minutes, but I'm hoping that you can. Uh, yes. it's, it's titled Just Win Today. Yeah. Now, this is a concept that you've employed for many, many years of your life. But, uh, you know, let's, let's dive in, man. What, is, what does that mean below the surface? Yeah, so and, and we can absolutely do this in under 10 minutes because we're not going to get too scientific today at all. Um, I'm going to tell a quick story about a gentleman named Jarvez, season two of the show. And um, I think his, his approach was so amazing because he, was, he started his journey about 550 pounds and, um, and obviously struggled with emotional eating, stress eating, et cetera. And so, um, but it was really, he was so, he was so aware of where he was mentally and how to commit to this journey ahead. And he knew that, you know, this is going to be a commitment, a commitment for the rest of his life. But on day one, I was like, so Jarvez, you got this? And he's like, well, I got it today. I don't know about tomorrow, but I got it today. And that, that was his mantra every single day throughout his entire day 312 Jarvez, how you doing? I got this today. I'm going to win today. I don't know about tomorrow, but I'm just going to win today. Really quick. All I can think about is these life lessons that we just went over. These things that you should know by the time you're 23. And remember, one of them was don't take advice from people that aren't where you want to be. But what a missed opportunity that would have been for you to not listen to Jarvis. If you had walked in like the guy who knew everything and now look this dude back to season two. He's yeah. literally our deep dive today on our podcast. You yeah. learned that much from those moments. Well, let me tell you, when he just focused, all he cared about, he never cared about tomorrow. He knew the commitments he was willing to make today, and he knew the, the commitments he wasn't willing to make. 
And be and because he and he understood. He's like, that's too much. That's too little. I know that I can do this today. And all I'm going to do is just win today. Mm. He, and because he was always in that space, he never ruminated into tomorrow. He only focused like, what a beautiful thing to focus on. Because keep in mind also, you cannot control tomorrow. Yeah. What you can control is what you you're don't doing. even know what's going to be there. No. You can only control what you're doing right here and right now. And guess what? Jarvis turned around and lost 250 pounds in a year. Bro. He, he, he did something truly extraordinary. And it was like, how did you do it? And guess what his answer was? I just focused on one day at a time. And even today he'll say, guess what he'll say? Mm -hmm. I'm good today. I'm good today. I don't know about tomorrow. And, and that's no joke. It is such a powerful thing because now keep in mind, anyone out there who wants to create a change in your life. There's only one way that change will happen and that there's only one way that that change begins, that, jan- that, that all change begins with one win today. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's, mm-hmm. And it's stop projecting into tomorrow and all these other times. And, and when you do that, it brings, when you bring all this focus to here and now, because, okay, I'll, we'll drop a little bit of science. <laughs> so, um, you know, Andrew Huberman, brilliant, brilliant neuroscientist. We talk about him on the podcast all the time. He's got an incredible podcast as well, but he talks about limbic friction. And when he says limbic friction, it's this top-down approach of when you're trying to adapt a new habit in your life, it requires requires thought, right? It actually requires you. It's not reflexive. You don't just naturally, you're not drawn to, to act on this new habit. It's a new habit. You actually have to create the neural wiring in order for that to happen. In order to create that neural wiring, you, it requires thought and energy. And that's what people don't like about it is because it requires thought and energy. Remember, like we – go ahead. Well, I was going to just say I've, I have come to learn this, that the body wants to do the easiest thing all the time, well, Every, all the time. We're built that way. Right. We've and we're built that way for survival. Sure. We have to run efficient. And the brain actually requires a lot of energy. It consumes five grams of glucose every hour. And it requires a ton of energy. And if the brain actually has to think, it requires even more energy. Mm. So the brain is constantly running on a, 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 an automated program. And so in order to disrupt that program, it requires this what's called limbic friction, this top-down process where you actually have to think about going on a walk after dinner, drinking an extra quart of water a day. Yeah. And so yeah. you have to, you're, you're acting and you're, and that is energy draining. So number one, stop thinking about thinking, you know, you're going to do 45 minutes of cardio or you're going to drink an extra gallon of water. And then on top of that, you're going to eat five small meals a day and you're going to weigh your food and you're going to portion your food. Come on now. Just again, take on, like think about a couple small commitments that you're willing to expend that kind of energy on that you know you can do and just focus on that win today. And if you can make it, and I'm talking to everyone right now, if you can finish today with a win, who knows? Because today's win could be the beginning of the rest of your life of a massive change. And all you have to do is like, have you ever... You ever wonder how they steer those massive freighters, right? You know, the, and they, 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 they sail across the ocean. You know, when they're a couple hundred miles out from shore, all they do is they'll course correct 0.5 degrees, right. one degree. And right. a one degree course correction, if they maintain that course correction, it'll actually put them 
50 miles away from where they want to go or 50 miles closer to where they want to go. It's literally it's these small course corrections. So like if we are the same way because our, the body changes in super slow motion, if we do make a one degree course correction and just focus on that today and then maintain that course correction tomorrow and the next or the next day, the next day, the next day, you, you can radically change your life. But it all, it's all going to start with that win today. Brilliant, man. So that's my God, challenge. All I can think about is we got to get t-shirts made that say just win today. That's it. Right? And that's, and that's my challenge to everyone out there. Think about one thing you can do to course correct, commit to it, and then win that. Get that win today. And who knows? Who knows how many lives are, that are listening right now are going to be changed forever. Okay. You got a great podcast behind you. I don't know if you feel the same I do, but I needed that today. I needed that too. Man, Marcella was just genius. The discussion with you is always so insightful. Likewise, my friend. We come away. I just feel so energized and I'm ready to go win today. I hope everybody else is uh, ready to do the same thing. Next week on our podcast, we are going to have Dr. Morgan. Oh, this is great. Right? Yeah, I'm super excited about this conversation. Should be awesome. So we'll see you next week on our I needed that podcast go win today see you next time